Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John says this. Now, we know that John was a Baptist. He was a Baptist. It's quite clear here because it says John the Baptist. You might say I'm not denominational. Well, John wanted to be known as a Baptist. And he says this in Matthew chapter 3. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Or if you're old school, the Holy Ghost. Oh man, it just sounds anointed. The Holy Spirit and fire. So what John's essentially saying is, I'm a Baptist. But there's a Pentecostal coming. that gets you happy on a sudden and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and he's not going to stop them in he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire that word for fire comes from the Greek word pyro from which we get pyrotechnics or pyromaniacs he's like to burn things it's awesome and he says he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire that word fire pyro means fiery fire now I always understood fire was by nature fiery Apparently not. There's fire, then there's fiery fire. So as a, as a Christian, I don't want to just be, you know, I want to have a bit of fire. I want some fiery fire. I want to have the kind of fire that, t- that what, what that fiery fire actually means is a fire that reaches out and touches others and connects, it sets fire to other things. I want to be so on fire that people get around me and poof, something happens, you know, some, some shifts. I don't want to just be baptized in the Holy Ghost, have a bit of a prayer language. Yes, glory to Jesus. I'm, I'm one of them Pentecostals, you know. Being a Pentecostal isn't about what church you go to, whether the name Pentecostal is on the door. Being a Pentecostal is about being empowered by the Spirit of God in order to do what God's called you to do. Can you say amen? He says he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost fire. It's no coincidence that the first announcement of Jesus when he entered his earthly ministry was that he would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and fire. And it's also no, no coincidence that the last thing Jesus ever preached, he said to his apostles, or his disciples, he said, go and wait in Jerusalem. 500 people he said it to, go and wait in Jerusalem until you be filled with power from on high. In other words, his, his announcement was the baptism in the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, and then his departure from planet Earth was a command, go and wait in Jerusalem so you are filled with power from on high. I don't know about you, but I take the commands of Jesus so serious. I, I believe if Jesus said it, I need to live it. Jesus said, you need to receive some power, man. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's something about the fire of the Holy Spirit. The church was birthed in the fire of God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost, had fully come, I know it off by heart. So I'm not trying to impress you. I just know it off by heart. I mean, when you do Holy Spirit meetings, you pretty much live there. So you just know it. But the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they're all with one accord. So just, it, we hear the word Pentecostal. You know, some people think it's a denomination. They, they think it's a, uh, it's a style of church. And I, I sort of already said that. It's about the fire in your heart. The word Pentecostal means 50. I mean, it's very scary. It's a controversial term. What are you, Pentecostal? What does that mean? 50? Oh. I guess that's all right. Sometimes we, 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 these terms get spooky. I want to de-spook this thing. Because being a Pentecostal is not spooky. It's supernatural. It's awesome. All it is is you believe the whole Bible. I believe the whole Bible. I even believe in the book of maps. 
One of my favorite passages was found in the book of Maps. I believe in the book of Concordance. When I preach from the book of Concordance, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it has a lot of scripture. But the church started in the fire of God. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy... He says, when the, sorry, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly... I love the suddenlies of God, by the way. I love it when God just interrupts things. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. The Bible says it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared under them cloven tongues like as fire. One sat upon each of them, every one of them in the room. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues. The Spirit gave them the utterance. In other words, every person is sitting in that room and there's fire on their head. Now, I don't know what it was like in the upper room but I, because I wasn't there. It was a long time ago. But what I do know is the Bible says some stuff happened. Now, I don't know who was there. We know there was 120. And I always wondered if maybe Lazarus was there or Mary Magdalene was there or the woman with the issue of blood was there or blind Bartimaeus was there or, or you know, whoever else was healed and delivered and set free by the power of Jesus when they came in contact with him. I wonder who actually went to the upper room but what what i do know what what i do know is the power of god so hit that room they they must have been having breakfast this is how i imagine it was like they're having breakfast and minding their own business and then they hear the wind of god and and peter says to matthew what matthew what was that and matthew says uh and uh he 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 said speaking in his heaven there's a joke he starts speaking in a heavenly language and 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 Peter says, Matthew, what are you saying? And he says, who cares what I'm saying? Why is your head on fire, man? (laughs) He goes, your head's on fire. And Thomas says, I doubt this is God. Then he got a cigarette lighter, lit his own hair on. He had a bad smoking habit. People don't know that. It's in the book of Hezekiah. He he lit his own. Some of you are going, really? There's no book of Hezekiah. (laughs) Ha ha, gotcha. Some of you still don't believe me. Believe me, there's no book of Hezekiah. Check later. Don't check now. So he lit his, he lit his own hair on fire and, and uh, burned his head badly. But moving right along. So their head's on fire. They're speaking in tongues. And I wonder if Lazarus may, may have walked up to Peter and said, Hey, Peter, this is the same power I felt hit my body when Jesus said, Come forth. I wonder if the woman with issue of blood said, Hey, Peter, this is the same power that I felt when I touched the hem of his garment. I wonder if the woman of the world said, Hey, Peter, this is the living water that Jesus was talking about. I wonder if Bartimaeus said, Hey, Peter. And they said, We're over here. Hey, Peter, this is the same power that I felt when he said, Son, your faith has made you well. I wonder. Hey, I just give it to you as he gives it to me, man. church started with the fire of God. And I don't believe that Jesus is coming back for a church less powerful than the one that he left. I believe the one he's coming back for is a light. Souls are getting saved. People are getting impacted. People are getting set free and delivered. Why? Because that's a pattern that was established in. And you know, I thank God I'm in a church today that feels just like that. You walk in, you feel the fire of God in this place. You feel the life of the Spirit of God. You feel hope. People are getting saved. Lives are being changed. Why? Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and me. Well, praise God. That's for you, Pastor Dave. That's incredible. When the Holy Spirit comes in you when you get saved, it's for you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you when you're filled with the Spirit, it's for others. When you're baptized in water, which next week there's a baptismal service, so no one's asked me to plug this, but baptism is an essential thing for Christians. Jesus talked about it. He told us, go into all the world. He said, baptize people. 
Why do you baptize people in water? Well, for the remission of sins, just, it's, a, it's an identification with the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Jesus got baptized. What a statement of victory and blessing. And, and when you hit those waters, it's something, it's like your past just gets cut off. It does. The first baptism I ever saw in scripture was when the children of Israel were getting out of slavery and they hit the Red Sea and there's no way forward and God parts the Red Sea. They cross over on dry ground and the Bible says the Egyptian armies came to pull them back and bring them back into slavery. But how many know what happened? The waters covered that thing. The waters drowned it. No more were their past going, no more was their past going to hold them back because it's covered by the waters. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. When you get in those waters of baptism, that is exactly what happens. Any hope that the devil had to try and pull you back, you're saying, you know what? You're getting cut off right now in Jesus name if you've never been baptized in water do it I promise you things will just shift in your world but when you get baptized in the spirit it's the same deal it's just some different stuff you still get baptized by full immersion except you're not getting baptized in water you're getting baptized in God in the spirit of God in the Holy Ghost and the baptizer isn't Pastor Dave or, or, or Pastor Tim or whoever else is doing the baptizing here in church. The baptizer is Jesus. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That he says, you know what? I'm going to get you. I'm going to just saturate you in the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you get up, you're going to be different because upon you is going to rest the anointing of God. To do what God's called you to do. Church, we need the anointing of heaven. We need the power of God, man. We need the supernatural grace for heaven to do what God's called us to do on planet Earth in Jesus' name. I want to talk about the fire of God for a minute, being baptized in the fire of God. We need the fire of heaven working in our life. Let's have a look at the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, and then, uh, and then we'll jo- just open up. I want to give you four, five hallmarks of the fire of God. And, uh, but I want to open this up for just a moment says this in verse number three, two of Exodus chapter 3. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of... Je- no, that's verse 1. And the angel of the Lord, verse 2, appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look... God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then he goes on to say, he's seen the slavery in in Egypt and the problems. And verse number eight, he says, so I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up from a land to a good and large land. Somebody say good. good. Somebody say large. large. No, not large. 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 Sounds like a flock of seagulls just came in here. Large. <laughs> to a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Termites, the Mosquito Bites, and the Jebusites. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just—it's bad. I'm actually having too much fun here. This is my job. I do this. This is this is what I do. 
It's just another day in the office here, man. It's just it's awesome. He says, so, so he says, I'll be with you. He says a lot of good things. And then verse 14, he says, and God, God said to Moses, he, Moses says, who do I say sent me? So God says to him, I am who I am. I am who I am. Not I was that I was. It's an I is that I is. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. I love this. Verse 13, 15. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say the children of, to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever and my memorial, my memorial to all generations. Moses has an encounter with a fire of God. He's minding his own business. He's out in the bush, out in the outback, out in the boonies, with the kangaroos, the dingoes, the rock wallabies, and the koala bears. And he's standing out there, and it's a hot day. He hasn't had enough water. And he looks at a bush, and suddenly, <laughs> he's like, the bush is on fire. And the bush is like, hey, Moses. He's like, no, checks to see if anyone's around. Moses is like, how's it going? The bush is like, yeah, not too bad, thanks, but dude, you need to take your shoes off. Something powerful is about to happen. Now, Moses is probably thinking, I probably should have a drink here. I'm a bit dehydrated. I'm seeing things. But this bush starts burning and, and uh, begins to talk to him. And, uh, and Moses really enters the ministry here at this point under the fire of God. It's always a picture of the Holy Spirit. And he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, and this bush begins to speak to him and give him direction and give him purpose. And, and let me tell you, there's always purpose in the fire of God. And, and so, and so he, he, the bush says, take off your shoes. You need to get here. I'm going to commission you for ministry. And so Moses is there, and, and there's five things that happen. There's five hallmarks of an encounter with the fire of God that I believe that are, are, are commonplace in this day, in this hour, when you connect with the, with the supernatural power of heaven. God will do something so supernatural, so real. And these laws, they're not really laws, but they're, they're, just, they're just evidences. They're things that happen that, that just seem to be the case every time God moves by His Spirit. This stuff will happen in your life. There's almost a great checklist to see if a move of God is something that you want to be part of. If you see this stuff happening, then you know God's doing something. And the first thing that we see when the, when the fire of God starts moving, the first thing we see is signs and wonders. Now, firstly, some people believe that signs and wonders are for maybe a, a clergyman, a preacher, a TV preacher, or a, an international evangelist to kind of come across as spiritual and powerful and, 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 and they are, I'm not saying they're not, flowing in the gifts of God and then we see that stuff happening and they get hailed as somebody that's really anointed and chosen and special but the Bible doesn't make that delineation. The Bible says these signs will follow those who believe, not those that have a PhD or a BA or a qualification. Let me tell you, your qualification, you might have a whole alphabet at the end of your name but that doesn't make you any more anointed than somebody else. What makes you anointed is whether you're washed in the blood of Jesus and you're filled with the Spirit of God. You know, you know I'm, I have a PhD. I have a PhD, Power Healing Deliverance. I have, a, I have a BA, born again. That's all I have. I have the Spirit of God working on the inside of me, man. I'm not saying don't get qualified. Get qualified. It's really good. But, 
What I am telling you right now is when you're filled with the Spirit of God and signs and wonders start moving, it doesn't matter where you're from, who you are, where you're at in life, God anoints you. He puts his finger on your life and suddenly you begin to shine and be what God's called you to be. Moses, Moses, man, he, he, he stepped into the ministry of signs and wonders right there. His supernatural things started happening. He, 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 he literally threw his rod down on the ground and it became a snake. Creepy rod. Picks it up and it becomes a stick again. If that was me, throw the stick down. You can keep the stick. I'm getting a new stick. Because <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't want to go home. It's late at night. I need to get a glass of milk in the middle of the night. I walk into the kitchen, knock over my rod. Don't realize it turns into a snake. Wake up in the morning. Get up. Snake bite. I'm dead. <laughs> I'll be careful with those supernatural rods, man. They're dangerous. <laughs> Moses sticks his hand in his pocket, pulls out, has leprosy, sticks it back in. Leprosy's gone. In his secret place with God, he entered the ministry of signs and wonders. You know, some people just want to be elevated to Pharaoh's court of ministry and have big impact. But you know something? There's something powerful about developing your gifts in a secret place. If you feel an unction to do something, pray, seek God, grow in the gifts of God. And at the right time, leadership will release you into what God has and back you up and support you. And you can do something great for the kingdom of God. Something about signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are powerful. You know, there's revivals that happen all over the world. And I've been to a whole lot of them growing up. We'd get on the plane and go to different places. And, and there was a bit of a revival that broke out a few years ago. And I said, God, do you want me? to go and he said no I don't want you to go and, and as I felt God speak he says you don't need to follow signs you've got signs following you and you know the truth is we don't have to we don't have to reach not that there's anything wrong with being in an environment and being hungry for God but you don't actually need the latest guest speaker to come and change your life you've got a direct line to the spirit of God where you can be filled with power and flow in the gifts of God why are signs and wonders available so you as a person who follows Jesus can impact your family the world around and about you in a very natural way carrying the power of the Holy Spirit can you say amen if you believe that? Signs and wonders are for you, mum, dad. When your kids are sick, lay hands on them. Believe God for a healing and a miracle. Believe God for change by the grace of God. Number two. We see the leading of the Holy Spirit. The first thing that happens is signs and wonders. The second thing we see the leading of the Holy Spirit. The bush begins to speak and begins to declare to Moses, you need to go. Now, if a talking bush talks to me, how do I know that's God? Well, there are attributes that make God God that we don't possess. God is eternal. So that means he always was and he always will be. In other words, the, you know how we're born? <laughs> That's deep. We're born. And uh, everyone in this room, we all have that in common. We were born. And, uh, and the other common thing is, unless the trump of God sounds and we're gone, we're going to die. Now, there's a start, there's an end. But with God, there's no start. He's always been. And as Christians growing up, I said, Dad, when, when, when was God born? He said, oh, he's always been. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Just like I got it right then. But then I thought about it. it it's a bit hard to understand that, really, because we're so limited by time. But God has always been. God always will be. And then the Bible tells us that, as we look in Scripture, he's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. There is no stronger force than God himself. He's omniscient. That means he knows everything. He knows what you had for breakfast. He knows what you had on the way to church when you went to Starbucks and you had a frappuccino. <laughs> he knows the problems you're dealing with. He knows the condition of your heart. He knows where you're at. And he knows that he, he wants to change your life and do something great. He knows your, your challenges. He knows your victories. And he cares. But do you know, the beautiful thing about God is not just omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's here. He's in Australia. 
He's all over this planet where, where God is there. He's here with two or three gathered. There he is. He's here right now. God's here in our midst. He's in, he's in your world when the storm clouds of life gather and things get difficult. God is there by his spirit to make a way where there is no way. God is there. You might feel alone. Can I tell you, you never need to feel alone because the greater one is there. Jesus is there. The spirit of God is there. I love this. So he's, so he's omnipresent and he's immutable, which means he doesn't change. God doesn't change. So none of us possess these characteristics. We might be consistent, but he does not change at all. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible tells us that he is also self-existent, which means that which means that where we need food, we need coffee, we need breakfast, we need lunch, we need sun, we need natural things to sustain us. He never needed any of those things. He only needs himself. Everything that he needs is within him. He is a self-existent God. In fact, he doesn't need the sun to shine and make his day good. He flung the sun into the sky and the sun only exists because of him. The stars only shine because of him. This world only orbits because of him. And too often, we, 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 I mean, we, we need, not too often, we just need our stuff to keep us going. He doesn't need anything because if he needed anything, the very thing that he needs to be God would be God. If he needed the sun, the sun automatically becomes God because that's the thing sustaining him. He sustains it. And so when that bush started burning, it didn't consume the bush. The fire didn't consume the bush. Why? Because God doesn't need anything. He has everything that he needs. And when he puts the Spirit of God in you, you have everything you need by the power of the Spirit. I'm not saying don't eat. Eat. Write that down. Eat. <laughs> and so God's supernatural. So Moses, Moses knew it was God talking to him. So God says, go and deliver my people. When you get touched by the Holy Spirit, there is always direction. There is always the Spirit of God leading you and helping you be what God's called you to be. Number, number three, the release of authority. Moses says, who shall I say sent me? He says, I am who I am. I am who I am, meaning I'm the same yesterday, I'm the same today, and I'm the same forever. Church, what he did 2,000 years ago on the shores of Galilee, he can do right now in this room by his spirit because he does not change. The day of miracles are not over because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and alive in me. Sometimes we celebrate the God that was, but we need to celebrate the God who is. We need to, I mean, too often churches will gather all over the world to remember a God who was, but I want to tell you that God who was went to Calvary, but he rose again, ascended to the right hand of God and has been seated there in dominion ever since. And we have the Holy Ghost, man. We have the presence of God. Why? And he keeps that same thing happening. In other words, what was on Jesus is now on us. And he's the same. Somebody say he's the same. I want to tell you, he doesn't change. What he did then, he can do now. If he can heal Bartimaeus on the roadside, if he can call Lazarus out of the grave, if he can walk on water, if he can heal blind eyes, if he can cleanse lepers, if he can open deaf ears, if he can raise the dead, I'm telling you right now, he can do that in this room right now by his spirit. If you're sick, Jesus is in the house. Man, too often we pop an Advil, man. We pop a pill. I want to tell you, sometimes we got to... I'm not saying don't pop the pill. If you need to pop the pill, pop the pill. 
But what about just before you pop the pill? What do you say, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus? You're the great physician. You're the rock. Man, I'm getting happy. You're the rock of ages. You are able. And right now, I receive the healing power of God right now. Can somebody say amen this morning? I mean, does anyone believe that he's a miracle working God? Does anyone believe that he is able? I mean, he's not just some grumpy old dude in the sky going, you know what? I'm just not in a healing mood right now. I'm angry. I'm very angry. I'm, I'm feeling vengeful this afternoon. I'm feeling vengeful, angels. And you come to him at your point of need. He's like, you know, not today. The Bible says now faith is. The Bible says he's an ever-present help. The Bible says there is a river. Not there was a river. There will be a river. He's a now God. We need to have now faith in the ever-presentness of our supernatural, unchanging God of heaven. If God doesn't want to heal you, then he's not the God of the Bible because he says, I will to heal. He says, I am willing. Healing to children's bread. Everyone Jesus touched got healed. That's the nature of God. You say, well, why am I still sick? I don't know all the answers, but what I can tell you, don't give up on the brink of a miracle. That miracle might be knocking on your door. Keep believing. Keep trusting God. Keep holding on. But but I've been holding on. I've been trusting God. Can I say, there's things I'm believing for that haven't come to pass. But my job is not to know all the answers. My job is just to keep holding on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on holding on. Because then there's a moment where God, boom, by His Spirit, will do something supernatural by the grace of God. Can you say amen this morning? We had a girl in our church, this sweet little thing. She's 13 years of age and... And just, a, just before Christmas, she stepped onto a wet road and slipped. And as she slipped, a car came and ran right over her, ran over her pelvis. So it didn't, she wasn't hit. She, she was literally run over in the truest sense. And she rolled about 90 feet. And, and uh, she gets to hospital. And she is, she is totally messed up. Her, 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 her right ear wasn't responding to... Any, any sound, her brain was swelling. They had to cut a little piece out of the back of her head so, to accommodate some swell so the brain wouldn't just get damaged in that process. They, said, they thought that she'd probably die. They thought she wouldn't live. And uh, that night, so we got a phone call. I mean, we rushed, rushed the hospital, dropped everything to be there with the family, of course. You do that in those times. And, and uh, we got the whole church praying. We, you know, we got, everyone in the church got text messages. I mean, everybody was praying. The whole, the whole, our whole church just stopped and sought God. There's nothing more powerful than a praying church, by the way. A praying church, nothing, not, nothing can stand against a praying church. And so we started praying for this girl. Her name's India King. And uh, so that night, her brain kept swelling. And then her nana called me on the phone and she said, Pastor Dave, she said, uh, they, they said that she's deteriorating. And it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't looking likely before. But then they said it just wasn't going to happen. And so she said, would you come and pray? I said, I felt like saying, just try and stop me. I'm coming right now. I'm coming in. So I went in there and prayed. And, and uh, there was a nurse at the end of the bed. And there was actually another lady from our church that was there and who was a nurse. And I didn't really, you know, when you walk into those environments, you know, they're not conducive to faith. They're not conducive to the power of God, but sometimes it's easy to shout in church. But when you get to a hospital, you've got to be a bit, have a bit of decorum. And, and I, saw, I walked in there, so I'm praying. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, you're able. 
And as I started to pray, I felt the most powerful thing in the world. I felt faith rise in my spirit. Now, I'm certainly not saying that it's because of my prayer. It's probably because of some nice old lady that sits in the back row of our church that prayed, God, you need to help this situation. And boom, there it is. Well, we're all shouting, screaming. It's, let me tell you, praying old ladies in church, they are very dangerous people. <laughs> they know stuff about you that you don't want them to know. So you just smile and keep it cool. <laughs> and so, we're pra- so I started praying. I felt this thing called faith, and I felt this thing called the anointing. And man, I got pumped, man. And so I thought, I was praying, I was trying to pray a nice prayer so the nurse wouldn't be rattled. But then I thought, man, this is a member of my church. Who cares if the nurse is rattled? Let's rattle the nurse. Just let's, let's give the nurse something to remember. So I started getting bold. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you're supernatural. And then suddenly, you know, it just started. To, so I, started, I couldn't help it. I'm like, you will live and not die in the name of Jesus. What if someone else heard? Praise God, they'll live and not die too. <laughs> Let me tell you, Jesus had to say, Lazarus, come forth. If he had just said, come forth, he would have emptied the whole graveyard. <laughs> if he had said, come forth, Ellie Mae, Beryl Johnson, Shirley, Bill, Bob. <laughs> dem bones, dem bones. <laughs> it would have been a sight. So he had to clarify. I didn't need to clarify one size fits all. In the name of Jesus. And so I started getting bold. I said, you'll walk out of that hospital. You'll live and not die. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And, and, and we got bold, me. And so she started to improve slightly. And then the doctors are saying to her, Nana, you know, she might, she might live. She might not. She might live. If she lives, just know she's not going to be the same. And Nana, Nana says, she will be the same. Why? Because my God's a big God, she said. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Three weeks later, I think it was three weeks later, she was out of intensive care in her own ward. A month later, she's walking around the hospital and then she walked. Pelvis broken in four places. Her ears stopped working. She couldn't hear. She walked out with two perfectly functional ears in her right mind. Not, no problems, no brain damage, nothing. Walked out of that hospital. She's a bit beaten up, but let me tell you, she's improving every week. She walked into church just the other Sunday, and we're doing our miracle time, praying for needs and whatever. And I said, if you need a miracle, and you say, I've never seen a miracle, well, there's one just standing on the front row right over there. And let me tell you, we had church. We had church. We had church. You know something, I bet, when, I bet when Lazarus went to synagogue, they didn't need much to fire up the meeting. Is there a testimony? Lazarus stands up and he says, well, I don't have much to say, but I was dead. Here I am, baby. I'm telling you right now why we serve a miracle-working, supernatural God. Man, can I tell you, if he can heal in a hospital, he can heal in a church. If he can heal in Adelaide, Australia, he can heal in Vacaville, California. If he can heal in India, or in India, if he can heal in Pakistan. I was 18 years of age and I was in India, Pastor Dave, and I'd never seen a miracle before. And God spoke to me as an 18-year-old, you're going to see a miracle tonight. So I decided, that's fine. If I'm going to see a miracle, it was the first time God spoke to me. And I knew I heard from God. So I thought, I don't know when I need to see a miracle. So I thought, I do have a cream suit. And Benny Hinn wears a cream suit. So I thought, I'm rocking my cream suit. I got my ke- did a comb over situation and uh, walked in and said, lift your incense, I'm telling you. And uh, th- I knew only three people would get that. So I walked into the meeting. I, had a brief- I took a briefcase. There's nothing in it. But uh, I figure if you had a briefcase, you'd carry greater anointing because you had to put some in the briefcase, you know, and walk in. So I walked into the meeting. 
and dad's preaching this crusade. There's 15,000 people in Taritra, Pali, India. And there was a girl back there and, she, and God spoke to me. And she's probably about as far as I am from maybe that man sitting on the stool over there. How's it going? Just keeping it real, man. And, uh, and so I walked over to the girl and, and God spoke to me. She said, she's deaf. So I walked over to her. I said, sweetheart, are you deaf? Which was problematic for two reasons. Number one, she was deaf. And even if she wasn't, she wouldn't have understood a word I said. I would have had to say, I would like to ask her a question. <laughs> Can you hear me? And so, so I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray a nice, sweet prayer. I know how to pray kind of nice ones now, like, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you're able. God, do something. So back then, I didn't know what to say. So I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And she goes like this. <laughs> she starts screaming. It's me. Her. 15,000 Indians. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I was like, ah! <laughs> My dad stops, he's on the platform, he goes, what's going on over there? I said, she got healed of deafness. He said, bring her up on the platform. She comes on the platform, I didn't know that she'd never spoken in her life. My dad puts the mic in her mouth in front of 15, well not in her mouth. <laughs> <It's more> like... <laughs> He, said, he, said, he, says, he says, say Jesus. She said, Jesus. He says, say hallelujah. She said, hallelujah. Then he said, I want every deaf person to get out of your seat and come stand at the front. No one came. It's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. You have authority in His name. You've never had a greater name to use. You've got, you got a weapon of mass destruction at your disposal. His name is Jesus. I mean, it's an eternal name. It's a supernatural name. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Can you say amen? Number four. I'm going to move quick. The two of you taking notes look so tired. Number four. We see the promises of God. He says, I'll take you from slavery to a good and a large land flowing with milk and honey. A good land, large land, milk and honey. You know what? You might be sitting here, you don't know Jesus, and you think, hey, if I get my heart right with God, if I get saved, what happens? You know, do I, do I just go from pretty good life to something that's unknown? And he says, he says I'm not going to take you to some unknown thing that is just average he says, if I'm going to take you out of something, you can trust me that I'm going to bring you to something better. I'm a God of a better covenant. I'm a good God. I'll take you from a life that's away from God, distance from Jesus, distance from the family of heaven. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you into a land that's big and large, full of faith, full of life, where the gifts of God are miracles, healing, the Holy Spirit, community, faith. There's nothing better than surrendering your life to Jesus. And, and you know, in this room today, in just a minute, we're going to pray for people to find the Lord. But I, but I want to close and I just want to give you one more thought and then... And we'll come back to that right now. And he, say, he says this. He says, the fifth thing that happens when you have an encounter with the fire of God is a supernatural gets activated in your life. Moses walked into the ministry of supernatural. He was natural and God rubbed super on his natural. <laughs> you need to get some super on your natural. You might be a good mum, but you could be a supernatural mum. You might be a good dad. You'd be like me, supernatural dad. And I'm the best nappy, diaper-changing dad you ever saw, man. <laughs> it's a gift. I mean, let me, let me tell you right now. Supernatural gets on you. God can do supernatural things. He can take you and do something supernatural with your life. That's the power of a God encounter. I want to be filled with the fire of God. 
in my world, in my life, so God can do with me what he wants to do. I want to rub super on my natural. I want to pray for a group of people. I want to say this tonight. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to pray for people that need breakthrough and need a miracle in their life and need a touch from God. But I just feel a real strong sense in my spirit. I need to pray for a certain group of people. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe if a, if a keyboard player can come. You might not know Jesus Christ today. You might not know what it is to serve God and live for Jesus. And you're in this room and you say, David, I want to get my heart right with God. I want to be I want to be changed by the grace of God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I've been, there's distance between me and God and I know that I need to come home to Jesus right now. If that's you in this room and you'd say, Dave, I don't know the Lord. I'm away from God and I need to get my heart right. I need to come to Christ. I need to get things sorted out. I need to find Jesus. Maybe you've come to church today and you thought this was a grocery store and you walked in here and you've come into church. I don't know why you're here, but it's not a mistake. God brought you here. And if you don't know Jesus, while well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you'd say, David, I want to get my heart right with God. If you're in this room this morning, you'd say, David, pray for me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Would you do me a favor while heads are bowed and eyes are closed? Would you just slip up your hand wherever you are? I want to lead you in a prayer. There's a hand back there. There's hands going up all over this building. There's hands going up. Just keep your hand lifted high. I want to pray for you down here. God bless you. Over there. God bless you. All over this place. God bless you, sir. That's awesome. Is there anybody else that would say, David, pray for me. I want to get my heart right with Jesus. All the way at the back. God bless you. All the way over there. God bless you. Back there. That's awesome. Is there anybody else? You can put it down once I've seen it. And uh, God bless you down here. God bless you to my right. That's awesome. If you'd say, David, pray for me. I want to get my heart right with God. Fantastic, sister. That's awesome. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And as soon as I pray this prayer, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Dave and he's going to give you some direction on where to go next and, uh, and how to get started with God because it's so important. But I want to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray it. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this with me. It's a prayer of invitation to ask Jesus to come into your world, to come into your life. Would you pray it with me all over this place? Church, I'm going to ask you to pray it as well. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, I come to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, it says in your word, which cannot lie, that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved. So right now, right now Lord Jesus, I confess and I believe that you are the son of the living God, that you died on a Roman cross to pay the price for my sin. And right now, Lord Jesus, I give my heart to you. Wash me clean. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a new beginning. I give my heart to you right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise.